This presentation is called The Big Picture for Marketers, and I'm Neil Wilkins. We are going to, in this session, explore some of the things that our um, marketers are encountering right here, right now. This is a really important time of the year. For many of us, we're kind of entering into a planning stage or planning phase so that we can understand where we're headed for next year. And to do that, we need to take our foot off the gas for a moment. We need to be looking at the broader perspective, the context, this kind of crazy time that I think a lot of businesses and organisations are finding themselves in. For some, it's a huge opportunity. For others, it is a massive, massive challenge. But for all of us, we need to take that broader perspective. So in this session, I'm going to talk to you about what we can do as marketers and how we can approach this coming year with confidence, because I think this is one of the things that a lot of marketers are finding a little bit thin on their radar right now is this level of confidence really kind of knowing where to go what to be doing how to be prioritizing what actually are the big important things that they should be focusing on and rather than just considering things as business as usual and i don't personally think that exists anymore uh, really looking at this from a broader context broader perspective and really understanding um, the key opportunities really for both protecting their businesses and their brands but also for taking some of these opportunities forward because there's some really positive stuff out there. So that's what we are going to focus on in this session. Now, why is this so important? I've, I've started off in quite a bullish way uh, in this talk. And uh, what I want to do is really kind of highlight why I believe um, we're not really hitting the value that we're promising. Now, I'm going to start off there by saying we're not doing well enough. And I'll put myself into this category. I'll put myself into uh, this, this kind of situation and say, yeah, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. So where and why doesn't marketing always hit the value that it promises? Well, firstly, because we find ourselves keeping on doing the same old thing. You know, I've just said that there is no normal. There is no business as usual. And there genuinely really isn't. I think for a lot of us in lots of different sectors, we are... Looking at this from a, a whole brand new perspective, because change has been absolutely massive for most of us. And this has changed to the marketplace, changed to products, changed to supply chains, changed, changes to kind of how our customers are really viewing us and what they're looking to get from us in terms of value. So we're still, if we are trying to do the same old thing and talk about this word normal, well, we've missed the point because there is no normal. Um, we're still really subservient to the immediate value provided by sales. I mean, if you're in a commercial organization, you know that sales will talk a good story. Sales will be out there, you know, moving and shaking, actually, you know, building business, generating revenue, talking to customers, making things happen. And that does provide a short-term immediate value. And right here, right now, lots of businesses are really focused in that area. They're not necessarily focused on the long-term, that kind of brand equity you get by looking at long-term strategy. They just are really focusing on surviving. At least that's how they'll be perceiving it. So in lots of ways, marketing in those kinds of environments are quite subservient to that immediate value that sales can bring. So we need to figure out a way of overcoming that. 
we also haven't really been evidencing ROI properly. This is something that I have been going on and on and on about, that return on investment of all of the resources that we consume or hopefully that we're investing in as marketers you know, really need to be evidenced in terms of the value then that they bring. So if you're not really obsessing about ROI and everything that you do, there's an opportunity here for you. I also think that we're missing the point when it comes to marketing speak. I've, I've tried to really talk very, very clearly um, in recent years, um, having in the past been criticised for talking like a marketer. In other words, we've kind of got our own um, sort of vocabulary. We've got our own language that other marketers might understand, but the rest of the organisation doesn't. And of course, if that bleeds into our customer communications, then that makes things even worse. So I think, you know, there's too much marketing speak going on, and that doesn't provide value to the organisation need to figure that bit out and also really if we see ourselves as the owners of social media because that's where all the noise is happening rather than reflecting the voice of our customers back into the organization so that we can really inspire and push change then we're not really doing the fullest extent of our work and I think a lot of people in a lot of organizations really view marketing as oh yeah they're the guys who look after social media they kind of do a few kind of campaigns and things not really sure what they do but that's kind of the noise that they make so if we're still seeing ourselves as owners of social media then there's more we can do and and ultimately really as we start to try and hit this value and this promise that we have we have to own strategy okay so we have yet to own strategy in most organizations Predominantly, that's because in a lot of organizations, particularly commercial businesses, marketing is not sat at the senior table. OK, so we are kind of providing support and information for those decision makers at the, the senior table, in the C-suite, on the board. But we're not necessarily sitting there. So we've yet to really fully take accountability for strategy and also marketing strategy, even because that's driven by elsewhere in the business. So a lot of these reasons are why we're not really hitting the value that we could be. And a lot of the textbooks say this is what we should be doing. And yet we carry on with our day to day, almost sort of quite naive to the fact that we should be raising the bar. So that's really what I want to focus on in this session called the big picture for marketers, because if we can understand some of these elements, and then get down to kind of not just the reasons why these things are happening, but actually try and turn it about and figure out what from the broader context of the world right now, the broader context of our marketplaces, the broader context of the needs of our customers and the value potentially that we can bring. Then we stand a really good chance of really upping the ante in terms of the value that marketing in our organization can bring. So. What are the key themes right here, right now? And as I said earlier, this is kind of key planning time for most of us in marketing. This is the time of year where we're starting to take stock of, OK, how did this year go? Well, it was a little bit crazy, a little bit chaotic, but we need to be looking inwardly as well as outward to find kind of the baseline, really, from where we're starting. 
And what are kind of most marketers really focused on? There's a lot of research out there now, and I'm going to share some of these broader kind of positions and, and perceptions with you. So the first thing I want to say is that kind of marketers really at the moment are quite bullish on emerging channels. Okay, so they're kind of seeing an opportunity in things like the metaverse. They're seeing some really, really key value in certain social networks that are coming through. Interestingly, as we'll see in a moment, they're also realizing that there is some credibility and some credence in going back to some of the more traditional channels, things like direct marketing. Remember that? Things like email as a marketing channel. Some of these things are now seeing almost a, a new kind of lease of life, if you like, and they are being brought back into the marketing mix. And marketers are feeling pretty bullish on these, as well as some of the newer channels, which I'll talk about in a little while. So direct mail still feels quite novel. I think particularly for those of you who are kind of, I guess, would um, be termed digital natives. So you've only ever known a digital stroke social stroke web marketing suite of channels. Uh, for those of us certainly old enough, and I definitely am 35 years in marketing, I'm certainly old enough to know the old style of marketing, which obviously had no digital in it. And I think it does feel novel, but it feels quite positive for digital natives looking at some of these more traditional channels right now and thinking, hold on a minute, there's not too much noise in those channels. And maybe there is this resurgence of print even, you know, coming into the mix again. So maybe something to have a little look at and think about. And I'll show you some numbers in just a moment. There is a shift, and this is a key one, in generational buying power. And this is actually already happening. I think this last year has seen something that's been promised for probably five to 10 years, which is you know, an emerging generation becoming budget holders. So if you're in business to business right now, you will know that the old school, the, the kind of the old guard, if you like, are kind of moving their way out of marketing. And it's being kind of um, sort of they're being superseded by the emerging generation. So that will be the millennials. And in some cases, generation Z, uh, Gen Z, who are coming through now, and they have buying power. They certainly have influence, but they're beginning to get buying power. So we need to take these generations seriously. You know, any marketplace or any customer any business owner, uh, rather, who kind of um, is only viewing their old traditional market and those buyers um, as their marketplace is missing the biggest opportunity that is coming at you, potentially like a great big tsunami. So you've got to be looking at the emerging uh, buyers, the emerging generations coming through now. And also another big theme that uh, marketers are beginning to focus on and really understand sort of intimately is the whole customer experience. We're going to see this reinvented in just a moment as an immersive experience. I think this is really key. One of the big picture kind of criteria here, if you are a serious marketer looking to make great inroads next year, is that you will be beginning to obsess about immersive customer experience. And it's been quite tricky over the last couple of years because of the unpredictability of markets, because of what seems to be, you know, shifting sands in the ways that our customers are um, dealing with us, the way that they're kind of um, talking to us, the conversations that we're having, the feedback that they're giving to us, but it begins to settle down as we go into next year. So obsession with immersive customer experience could be 
whilst it's been a difficult nut to crack, it could be that little golden nugget that allows you to make, you know, great strides. But let's not beat about the bush here. Let's understand that this has been a crazy couple of years. You know, the last two years have been, well, certainly in my experience, some of the most turbulent times. Yes, we've had market crashes before. Yes, we've seen some real kind of seismic activity happening, you know, in, in previous years where, you know, the dot-com bubble bursting, you know, some 20 years ago. You know, we've, we've had big stuff going, but it is almost this perfect storm of craziness that we've had over the last couple of years you know this is setting a really really big challenge for marketers that we need to be able to prioritize our activities against because this is kind of the backdrop in which our customers and our consumers are looking at us for guidance they're looking at us for value they're looking at us for some kind of sort of simplicity in terms of messages to really kind of cut through the noise uh, and the chaos and the lack of confidence. I think this is what these last two years have you know, presented to us is there's real uncertainty out there, but we can we can forge through this and I'll explain how in just a moment. But what have we been seeing? Well, we've been seeing this crazy, crazy sort of major hiring boom. You know, if you've got great technical skills and great leadership qualities, you know, you can pretty much get a job anywhere in the world because you can work hybrid or work remotely. And then now, just, you know, literally months later, we're seeing major layoffs, we're seeing hiring freezes, just look at the tech industry, you know, that's all up in the air now. You know, we're seeing other stuff in terms of, you know, technical shortages of, of chips, for example. But at the same time, we're seeing huge growth in NFTs and, you know, a, a real kind of desire to get your head around things like the metaverse, Web3. We're seeing, you know, inflation coming through at you know, massive rates. And for some of us, the first time we've seen it at these kinds of rates due to the economic downturn. You know, we all know, you know, the global sort of impact of uh, the Ukraine situation is, you know, increasingly, you know, impacting on um, supply chain and impacting on sort of gas prices, for example. So, you know, there's, there's a load of kind of um, ebbing and flowing, if you like, of opportunity and challenge. And, you know, if you look at this in its entirety, it kind of almost makes you want to switch off and go and do something else. But I think for those of us who are quite comfortable with change, quite comfortable with uncertainty, it is all about just taking a deep breath, looking at all of these things and thinking, OK, I can see from a global or market perspective, these are significant things. These are seismic changes that could, you know, certainly for the next few years, depending on who you're listening to, really impact on our organisation and definitely impact on our market sector. But for me, sat here as a marketer within our organization, what does it really mean to me? And which things do I wish to focus on? And I think this is the key thing. It's very easy to get swept away by the challenges and the opportunities and just almost be a little bit kind of crazy and living on a sort of a bit of a knife edge. Whereas I would say is that if you've got this great list of things that um, I would describe as being the macro context of your marketing right now, and by macro, I mean, you know, the big wide world where, you know, it'll have a potential impact on you, but you can't change it. Very different to micro context where if you make some changes, they will have a knock on spin off impact on the world around you. The macro stuff that I'm talking about here is just something that gives you the flavor 
maybe of how your suppliers and maybe how your customers are viewing the world right now. So it, it's a context. It isn't the make or break of your situation. It's a context into which you have to have an opinion into which you can maybe start to prioritize what you're going to do. But it's not the end game in itself, because being macro by definition, you cannot change it. So I think a lot of marketers get swept along with this stuff and then almost start to panic. But what I'm suggesting here in this big picture review this time in the year, really important to be doing this is just to take a moment, maybe grab your favorite coffee and sit quietly with all these things and just think, OK, how is this potentially going to impact on us? Is it important? And with each of these criteria, how important are they relative to each other? To almost build a little bit of a hierarchy, if you like, in terms of trying to identify maybe the top three out of a long, long list of things that are going on in the world right now. Maybe some are challenges that you want to overcome. Maybe some are opportunities that you're yet to leverage or let to um, optimize. So you can look at it from a, I need to put these things right, as well as look at it from a, yeah, I need to sort of jump on this one because it's an opportunity that's new. And it doesn't really matter your starting point. This is just about clarity of thought at this stage. Okay, that's really where we're beginning. And I would like to bring your um, sort of attention to just a number of things that have come through for me um, through a little piece of research that was done by rrd.com. Uh, and I've taken some screen grabs here for some of the key themes which really reflect what I've also been seeing. I was trying to find some uh, sort of evidence elsewhere of kind of Subconsciously, I think the things that I believe are coming through loud and clear, and I think the first one that I do want to emphasize here is this shift in generational buying power. You know, we're seeing that um, the, the younger growing segment of customers, so those who now have budget, they've moved on from just being influencers into being people who now you know, have influence in the way that your products and services are going to be bought and consumed. So we're looking at at least millennials. We're looking at Gen Z here. And marketers have been asked, you know, how significant do you feel this is right here, right now and into this coming year? And the vast majority have said we will need to somewhat adapt or need to heavily adapt our strategy and this is two thirds, over two thirds of marketers feel that now is the time to at least somewhat or heavily adapt our strategy. Now, that's interesting because it means it's happening right here, right now. So this isn't something where if, even if you're in a traditional industry, you know, the people who used to make those decisions are now becoming maybe the influencers and the emerging generation is now making those decisions. So do not think that last year was how your marketplace was set up. Look to next year and look at that as an opportunity. Same marketers were asked the question, OK, with that in mind, how do you feel you need to be responding within this new strategy? And the marketers have said predominantly that it will be visual communication and it will be the tone of the communications. Yes, there's channel strategy. Yes, there's the frequency and immediacy of communication because that will be increasing. And I think we all know that. But the two key criteria here are in your strategy, figure out how your visual communication is going to be different 
to meet the demands and the needs and the value perceived by this emerging generation, the Gen Zs, the millennials? How do they want to see your brand communication and also the tone of your communication? So I'm not going to sort of tell you how to do it because each and every one of you listening to this will have a different perception of what that means. But think about your visual communication and the tone of voice of your communication and how strategically you might want to move that next year. And this isn't three, four, five years time. This is next year because it's happening right now. Okay. And also they were asked what channel, which channel has delivered the best ROI, the best return on investment over the last two years. So 2021 and this, this last year, 2022. The best channel in 2022 for ROI has been, according to these marketers, social media. Okay, to a lesser extent, social and mobile advertising, and to a much lesser extent, SEO, search engine optimization. But interestingly, the one that has started to kind of sort of come up, if you like, in the rankings quite significantly that has seen growth is email marketing. That's an interesting one that versus the previous year, percentage wise, the one that and it's still not at critical mass, but marketers are waking up to the ROI of email marketing. So maybe for next year, start to maybe do some tests, start to think about whether or not that's relevant for you and have a little play, do some testing and see what you find. And here's another one. Now, this one is right at the forefront on my radar right now. And this is metaverse marketing. Now, if this is a new concept to you or you think, oh, here we go, here's a little bit more hype. I really, really encourage you to go and look into the metaverse of your choice. I'm not talking meta in brackets, Facebook. I'm talking the metaverses that are emerging because a lot of brands are seeing already a lot of value from a metaverse that they've chosen. There are multiple metaverses. I'm going to talk about that in this particular session, but go and select a few and go and have a little play. Go and explore, because the question that was raised in this research was the metaverse presents a new and exciting way to reach potential customers, agree or disagree. And the vast majority, and I'm really talking the vast majority of marketers questioned, said they strongly or somewhat agree. A marginal number said that they disagree or strongly disagree. So marketers now are focusing on the metaverse as an opportunity and a new and exciting way to reach potential customers. And 77% said they already have plans to incorporate marketing inside the metaverse as a new channel within the next 24 months. 77%. So that's over three quarters of marketers have this on their radar and have got plans to do something with it. And particularly if you are in a service industry, um, the two that were identified specifically were financial services and also business services and consulting. Those two could be key for you in terms of exciting new ways to reach potential customers. And this is going to happen from next year onwards. This is not something three to four years out. Okay. This is happening faster for marketing than we had predicted at the beginning of this year. 
So this is accelerating towards us. Now, your choice is whether you're going to do something about it. Okay, this is macro stuff. So it's happening, but you can choose whether or not as part of this big picture review to do something about it. So let's get down into the detail. So Forbes, Forbes.com have done a big study on where the world is heading in 2023. And I want to just highlight some of these opportunities. So if you're noting down some lists of things to explore within your planning at the back end of this year, so you're ready and um, able to, to move forward in 2023, here are some of the things, according to Forbes, that you need to be thinking about. First one is accelerated digital transformation. And this is from hybrid working to the next generation of CRM, customer relationship management. If you are not accelerating the way that you're using digital and transforming the way that you gather, collect, evaluate data as part of a CRM um, delivery or CRM strategy, then now is the time. You need to be obsessing as a marketer about data. Data is your biggest leverage point as you go into 2023. So what is your data saying? What are you evaluating from it? And how are you making better decisions of the fact that you've now accelerated the transformation of digital and data holding in your organization because if you're not there's a big big key one as a starting point Forbes have also said that inflation and supply chain security is going to be key here. So how does that translate into marketing? Well, conscious cost control. We cannot do things at any cost. So this comes back to the ROI thing. Attention to return on investment is going to be key. We should be spending less, but leveraging at a higher level the value we're getting out of that spend. And when I say spend, it's budget. Yes, of course it is. And that is going to be absolutely key for next year but it's also time and it's also people management so we just need to be super efficient and it isn't just about us in our little ivory tower of planning it's how that then ripples out across our supply chain or value chain if you call it that so the demands on us to become super efficient are going to be even more more focused on for next year and i think we kind of just intuitively know that and that's irrespective of the industry that we're in it, the pressure is going to be on but as long as we're thoughtful mindful and very efficient and careful with how we do and what we do then i think we should be well placed Forbes is also saying that for next year, a big key focus, and I think we're seeing this already within COP27, is sustainability and how that will play out within your organization. So the ESGs, environmental, social and governance processes that you have need to move to the center of your strategy. So what does that mean in real speak? It basically means your higher purpose, your sustainable activities, your carbon footprint, the kinds of things that you were doing for better um, returns for people and planet need to move to the center of your strategy. If you're still making decisions based on the old currency of trading products and services to simply make a profit, you are outdated and you are going to fail in 2023. You need to move sustainability to the core of the decision making in your organization, to the core of your marketing strategy. And this applies at corporate level down to small to medium size, even micro business. What are you doing about 
about sustainability and how are you going to communicate that across all stakeholders in 2023? This isn't about setting targets for 2030 and beyond. This is about what are you doing next year and how are you factoring that into your strategy? Because Every stakeholder in and around your organization is going to want to know your response. And that includes your customers. And I think, you know, for those of us working in organizations in sectors that are very, very uh, sensitive to sustainability, you will know that that is already the case. But this is happening in all industries going into next year. I already talked about this one about the customer experience coming to the forefront, and it really is, and it's going to be using this word immersive. So it's immersive customer experience. In other words, providing value throughout the customer's journey, all the way through to maybe even potentially these interactions in the metaverse. How are you going to be different? How are you going to cut through the noise? How are you going to evidence value in that relationship with your customers? And that won't be because we've got better products, because your competitors are saying exactly the same. This won't be, well, because we're cheap and your customers need cheap products. That is not sustainable for you as a business. So what is it you're going to do? You're going to be providing, choreographing, and really protecting an immersive customer experience. So every engagement your customer has from that first point of connection with you through to a lifelong relationship and conversation where you're properly listening to them and reflecting the value they're looking for back to them through the products, services and interactions you have. This is going to become ever more important in 2023. So you need to have an opinion. You need to have that factored into your planning and your decision making. So this is exciting stuff. There's a lot of opportunity in here. But another one that Forbes have come up with is the talent challenge. We don't necessarily know all the answers. Immersive customer experience. Well, that's great, Neil, but what does that really mean? Sustainability. Hmm, yeah, I've heard of this thing, but I don't know how I'm going to put it into my business. So talent challenge, upskilling in technical knowledge, as well as creativity and empathic leadership. So we're looking here at kindness. We're looking here at authenticity. We're looking here at upskilling the technical areas to be able to support this stuff. So the focus on people as part of your marketing mix in 2023 is absolutely key. And I would suggest, if you like, to take this challenge on is it begins with you. So what upskilling are you going to look for? And it isn't about, well, I just did a little tutorial on this particular social network. You know, that should be done and dusted. You should have already known that as a marketer. What we're looking at here is pointing forward into this new area data management, data integration. What do you know about that? The metaverse, metaverse marketing, how are you going to upskill in that? That's an emerging thing that's coming. We all need to have an opinion on sustainability, carbon literacy, all of these things. Time now to behave like a sponge. So as much as you're outputting great ROI and great value as a marketer, you've also got to be like a sponge absorbing new data, new information and new skills. So we really do genuinely have to be awake and alive as we're planning our strategy for next year. This is why I'm saying, you know, the old world, business as usual or back to normal. Forget that. There is no new, no new normal coming. This is so, so different to the way that we've had it before. But if you're a proactive, mindful marketer, this is a huge, huge opportunity for you, both professionally, but also personally. So. 
Some of those opportunities there are presenting themselves to you. So where can you focus? Well, Mintel.com have done some research in this. I told you a lot of people are doing a lot of research right now because many of these research companies, maybe um, lots of these journalists, lots of these reporters, lots of these big consultancies collectively are seeing this as a very, very different environment for marketers going forward. So they have done, this is Mintel.com, uh, a focus on where can marketers or where should marketers focus in 2023? First thing is the me mentality. Consumers, and for consumers, you can just look on customers, depending on which industry you're in, will be eager to refocus on themselves and brands can help to take them to center stage. Now, this is an interesting one. Whilst we're on the one hand preaching and evangelizing the whole idea of collaboration and working together and sharing with your neighbor as a society and as citizens, we do recognize as marketers that a lot of our customers are going to need, and at least they're going to perceive that they need to take care of themselves. So at the same time as doing good for the planet and doing good for everyone in our community, a lot of customers are going to be thinking, yeah, but hold on guys, it's me first. And so this me mentality is going to come through. But if we can help our, our customers or our consumers to position our brands so that we're actually helping them to understand their position in the world, what value means, how they can also become sustainable. And of course, working with us in collaboration, we can be listening to them. They can be listening to us in that immersive experience. Then we can help them to take center stage in their worlds. And of course, if they're doing great stuff, and this applies to both consumers as it does to business to business customers, then we then are providing added value to them in their whole experience of 2023. And that is how we're going to start to build you know, conscious and uh, very sustainable relationships with them. So the me mentality, an interesting one. The second point that they focus on, and they've given this the title power to the people, because what they've said, and here's a straight direct quote from them, brands have to make room for a new C in their C-suite as consumers are investing, co-creating and voting for change alongside brands. So this definition of change you know, a lot of people, I think, are realizing and really opening and awakening up to this moment of being, this is one way change. There is no going back to how it was. There is no, oh, well, when we get back to how it used to be, there is a recognition. There is a, a global recognition that change is a constant here. So if consumers and our customers are looking to create a new world, then we need to factor in this world change in our decision making. We need to factor change, ongoing change, ongoing continuous improvement into our strategy for next year. So that makes planning in the old way that we used to do it, which was kind of predictable, kind of forecastable up to three to five years out, maybe. And we'd call that a strategy. We are looking at change here, that word change, as being ever present, in which case we probably need to have a contingency plan if what we're predicting for 2023 does take a little bit of a different direction because the market has moved or the market itself has changed. Therefore, we need to even, and there was a word that was introduced coming, coming out of um, 
the pandemic, which was pivot. We had to pivot our business or our organization because our market, as it was, was no longer there. So we would kind of almost sort of cham, sort of turn the rudder so that our business pointed into a totally different direction based on the skills and the assets and the capabilities we had, we'd go off and then do something different, maybe even to a different market. So that pivoting is going to be something that we are probably, most of us, going to need to do through 2023. So let's make sure that we're ready. So by embracing the word change, understanding we probably need a plan B, maybe even a plan C, and not viewing that as defeat, not viewing that as a vulnerability, but viewing that as a business essential. So being um, able and willing to adapt to change, but being flexible and agile. And somebody used the word um, last week, which I loved, which was nimble. In other words, really fleet of foot enough to be able to move with that change and see that as an opportunity, not as a threat. So really probably embracing change in 2023. That's another key thing that marketers can focus on. Something which is undoubtedly here, and I think, you know, if you just kind of self-reflect for a minute, and I know I'm feeling this at the end of a really busy 2022, is the thing that Mitel have come up, uh, Mintel have come up with, which is hyper fatigue. They, they talk about this thing that customers will try to cut through the noise and connect with what matters to them. And I would say probably to the detriment of all else in 2023. In other words, if we can help to cut through, then we're not contributing to that hyper fatigue that customers are feeling right now. There is a lot of noise out there. You know, you just have to look at your social media timeline. You thought it was busy and noisy back in 2019 or even in 2020. Well, look at it now. It is so fast. It is so quick. It is so ever changing. You know, you look in one direction, there's one thing. You look in another direction at a different channel and woof, you just can't keep up. And that is the nature now of the beast. And this is applying to all demographics, all industries, all sectors. So this hyper fatigue, we've got to figure out how to pause, how to take a breath, how to reflect back a, um, a stronger, more powerful, more credible, more clear, if you like, and precise series of messages, series of experiences to cut through all of this noise and connect with what matters to our customers. And we can only do that if we genuinely listen to them. So this whole thing about as a marketer, actively listening to the opportunities, but also listening to the feedback to make sure that if even a quarter into 2023, suddenly we realize, oh, guys, it's all moved again, that we're ready and that we're ready to be this nimble, agile organization that maybe even needs to innovate to be able to pivot. So this isn't something where back in the old day, you could plan at the end of the year. And we pretty much knew what next year was going to be. This is also something that means we have to stay ever planful as we go through all the tactical things that we're going to be doing to roll that plan out. And there's more. There's more we can focus on in this little list of things that give opportunities to us. And as I said earlier, not all of these things are going to be of equal weight or importance to you. The good idea is to try and figure out where they fit, if they fit, if they don't park them for now. Know that these are macro things that you can come back and revisit. Your task as a marketer is to figure out what are the first two or three that are going to be most pertinent and most important to us. Next one from Intel is international localism. 
What do they mean by that? Well, they mean buying local will be a way customers can protect themselves financially, environmentally and psychologically so that they feel they're giving back. So if you have some form of way of maybe being a little bit more proactive with your localistic behaviors and strategies and communications and and um, messages that you impart then that is going to be a benefit to you so how can you help even if it is to the detriment of your revenue how can you help customers to buy more locally how can you work with your supply chain for example to maybe encourage the customer in but to actually source your product or service from in a more local more efficient um, more sustainable way because this is what your customers are after and they will be buying more locally so can you be part of that conversation can you be part of that buying process if you can't you could be obsolete by the end of next year so it is a key consideration it's happening what do you figure you want to do about it and intentional spending i love this one i really do because i think all of us are going to be more conscious in where we are spending and for a lot of us we're going to move the word spend to invest i've talked about this one over the last couple of years as being a real measure of return on investment your customers are now thinking about how flexible, how durable, how sustainable your products and services are, because these are going to play an increasingly important role in your customer's value equation. They will be thinking, look, if I'm going to spend this money, ideally invest this money in you, how flexible is your product or service? How durable is it? And how sustainable is it? Because I don't want to keep spending. I can't afford to keep spending. At least that's how I perceive it. But if I can invest in this thing that you're providing me with, maybe that's on a subscription basis maybe this is a kind of circular economy thing going on and if those two words those two phrases aren't familiar to you quick do a quick little google search for those because they're important circular business circular economy maybe those things could be very very important in terms of your competitive position for next year so intentional spending we are all going to be taking a little bit longer to make decisions and these are going to be valued decisions because most of us can't afford it so are you going to be part of that equation part of that mix in your customers minds i hope so because businesses who think that they're still in the old world as mark carney said a couple of years ago governor of the bank of england as was you're not going to be in the game so it's a really important thing to be taking these macro contexts and these macro sort of uh, considerations into your conversations, into your decisions and into your planning process. And that's what I want to talk about now is how can you, if you've made a list of things as we've been talking here, how can you take these things into a framework, into a model or into just a, a flow that's going to actually help you make a decision as to what are we going to do next year? It's all very well, Neil, you're telling me about these macro things, but how am I going to use them? Well, back in 2013, I created a model um, that I decided I was going to call how to um, bring your, it was words to this effect, but how to bring your organization into a, a better market orientation. In other words, how could you position marketing at the center of a market orientated strategy so that the decisions and the success that comes from your planning activities reflect both what your organization wants to achieve but also the realities of the marketplace. 
Because let's face it, those two things aren't necessarily working in alignment right here, right now. So the model kind of built up from ground zero upwards to hitting the vision. Now, the vision right at the top of the, um, the sort of the pyramid, as it were, could be your higher purpose. OK, so when we talk about sustainability and we talk about the new marketing mix of things like, you know, sustainable product of being authentic with your people, of thinking about the efficiencies of your processes and of returning a, a, a basically an authentic and mindful profit then basically what you need to do is you need to be working to a higher purpose. And that might now be your vision. So the vision that was purely commercial back in the day probably has moved and has morphed into something that's a little more sustainable now. And that's a good thing. So that's our kind of that's our North Star, if you like. That's kind of where we're headed. But let's begin at the bottom of the pyramid. Right at the bottom of the pyramid is the market research, customer insight and competitor analysis. That is exactly what we've just been talking about okay it's the macro and micro environment in which your organization sits now you can choose to do your planning without thinking about this stuff but then you are going to be almost building your strategy on quicksand and it could sink very quickly if you build your strategy on these macro and micro contexts, and I call them pillars, planning pillars of an understanding of what the market is telling you, of customer insights and actually how your competitors are performing right here, right now, what they're doing, not necessarily to emulate them, but just with that in the back of your mind, you're building your strategy on strong foundations rather than very, very soft mud or quicksand in which your strategy is going to sink. So right at the base of your pyramid is the market, the macro situation. Next level up, I would say you need to be considering your resources. So your leadership behavior, any kind of um, sort of uh, people and processes and systems that you have. When I talk about data, that's where data starts. You know, any of the systems and the processes you have to serve your customers right now. That's where this is all coming in. Your products, your services, the marketing resources. And by resources, I'm talking budget, but I'm also talking, you know, the people around you who can help you do what you do. But also, really importantly, the culture and the tone of voice and the style, as well as your acceptance of change. OK, so we're going to factor in a little transparent layer over this particular point in the pyramid, just above the market research. And we're going to put in here my acceptance of change because we didn't used to have this back in really that much detail back in 2013 because very little actually did change. Things were quite predictable, but because they're not predictable anymore, you need to be putting change, my acceptance and my willingness to adapt to change in at this base level. Because if you're very adaptable to change, the next level up, the delivering of market share, the delivering of marketing tactics, the improvement of customer satisfaction, the going out to market, that one to two year tactical plan that sits above the resources that you have, then that bit then can ebb and flow. As the market changes below, you can then change the things above. Next level up, your 
three-year plan would you like a three-year plan that sounds really ambitious right here right now doesn't it with all this change but to have something on a visible horizon that you can be aiming for so within this area we're looking probably at the strategic marketing plan here so the kind of the slightly slightly longer term things over and above your marketing tactics for 2023 because you need to be at least setting the sat nav for your plan so pointing the marketing tactics into a direction that will align you with kind of where you want to head yes that might move but at least at the beginning of the year you're basing it on where you are now you're basing it on the macro trends in the marketplace you're basing it on you know, your realistic resources you're basing it on the people and the tone and the style and some of the um, the tactics that you want and that customer satisfaction level you want to preserve and you're aiming in a particular direction so this is where your value propositions, your responses to all those challenges and opportunities that I've been talking about, this is where these come into play. So which ones do you want to focus on? Because those will then give you the flavor, if you like, for your activities next year. Your next year being the first step towards that three-year plan. Then at a higher level, you're looking then at the next level up in your pyramid, you're looking at your business or corporate objectives of delivering stakeholder value. Now, for lots of organizations, that is a five year plan, but it is also a plan that now includes planet and it now includes sustainability. So when we talk about stakeholder value, one of your stakeholders probably is the community around you. One of your stakeholders possibly is the planet. I mean, if you were listening to the stuff that uh, Patagonia had been putting out over the last quarter, you know, where the only shareholder that matters to Patagonia as a clothing brand is the planet. Well, there's an interesting, very, very bullish, but very sustainable proposition. And that is then the way that that is going to be delivering as a business stakeholder value. And so now you've got to figure out, well, where is value coming from and how am I going to be putting that alongside the corporate objectives? And that's why I'm saying your ESGs and your high level sustainable goals need to be part and parcel of these high level corporate objectives served by these marketing objectives, in turn served by your marketing tactics next year, in turn served by the resources that you have. And then further up in our pyramid, almost to the top now, where we're looking way out in terms of our vision and our higher purpose, in between that and our corporate objectives is our mission statement. You know, the kind of the leading way that we're going to behave as an organization. You might deserve to put um, or decide to put um, your uh, purpose, your higher purpose in as a mission statement. In other words, we are all going to operate in this way. We're all going to work with this kind of a mindset. This is how we are and who we are, you know, and we're just going to do it because it really identifies who we are as a group of people coming together every day to deliver value, not only to our shareholders, but also to planet, also to every stakeholder who sits around our organization. So this is kind of a model for how you position marketing at the center of strategy. And then that in, in itself aligns with the decisions and ultimately the successes that your organization has. So I'd use this as a little bit of a checklist, a little bit of a, a series of building blocks, if you like, that will give you some kind of structure for how you are going to build your plan next year.
But this is still the big picture. I'm going to be running some sessions uh, very similar to this over the coming weeks, which will, okay, so how do we actually do our planning exercises? So I'll, I'll do the next level of granular detail underneath this, but this is still the big picture. This is how successful marketers are now positioning their strategies, positioning their mindset and their thoughts to ready themselves for their planning exercises. So finishing off here then with the next steps. I would believe that the next steps are made up of the following core components. And this is where I would recommend that you start. If this has kind of resonated with you today, this whole idea of taking the foot off the gas just for a moment to look at the bigger picture, I'd recommend that you think about driving the purpose agenda. I've used that word purpose quite a bit as we've gone through this, because it is a key currency that you can trade with now. What is our purpose? And it is more than simply here to make money. It is more than simply how to serve a customer. The higher level purpose is something potentially that you can figure out. And I'll talk about this in, in future sessions, but having a view of what is our purpose and then really making sure that the higher purpose that you have as an organization bleeds through from your marketing strategy and your marketing tactics into the rest of the strategic decision-making in your organization. To do that, you can then think about point two, which is fueling the new sustainable marketing mix. I, I touched on this a few moments ago when I said the new marketing mix, the old marketing mix was product, place, price, promotion, all about selling product and service. It's moved on. Yes, you do need to sell if you're in a commercial environment, but not at the detriment of these four things, which is product. So creating value through the products and services that you bring to market and sustain that give incredible value to your customers through working with people. So collaboration and co-creation of value through these products to deliver value to everybody who has a vested interest in how your organization works. So people is the second P. Third P is processes. We cannot, cannot simply keep doing things in the way that we've done them. So super efficient processes, systems that really work, things that don't consume from the planet, but that give back. So creating this value, but through methods and methodologies and systems and processes and timelines that are super, super efficient. And that is the role, one of the key roles of marketing going forward. So process is now in the big four Ps in the sustainable marketing mix. And the final one is profit. You know, not sourcing raw materials at, at uh, the lowest cost if they're not the right raw materials to be purchasing, but actually doing it ethically and mindfully. And also the reinvestment of profits, not only to pay shareholders, but also to make it sure that it's actually giving back, maybe reinvesting in some of these other things like more efficient processes and the right kinds of products going forward. So being a true mindful marketer. The next one is owning the appropriate communication of marketing sustainability, becoming really carbon literate. You know, the Carbon Literacy Trust is a, an organization which is making great inroads into making businesses and the individuals and particularly the marketers in those organizations carbon literate so that they actually understand the difference that they can make on the ground at a granular level because marketing sustainability isn't something that anybody else does. Does. It's you and me. We are responsible for the marketing sustainability of the planet. It begins with us. 
So that's one of the key three next steps I'd like you to think about and how you can do it. Not whether it's important, it is important, it's how you can do it and what you'd like to do first. And the final one really is upskilling in the opportunities of metaverse marketing. This is a new kid on the block for sure within most of the marketing circles, but it is here. And in 2023, more and more brands are going to be seeing the, the value of metaverse marketing. So get your head around it, upskilling it, do some research, maybe some little tests and just get in there and figure out how you can provide value to customers using the metaverse. And the final point, as we go out of this particular session, the big picture for marketers, and as I said, I'll be following this up with some how to do marketing planning for next year, the step by step kind of building blocks of good key marketing right, right now, is when you're thinking about all this stuff is don't leave it for tomorrow. Now is the time. So my key point, the key final point as I round off this conversation is begin today. There's never been a better time to be a marketer. So really strike while the iron is hot. Take the opportunity. These are challenges that propose, you know, huge opportunities for marketers who are willing to grab them. So I'd love it if you were one of those marketers. And as I said, I will follow this session up with how you go about integrating lots of these macro ideas, this bigger picture into your planning for next year in the upcoming sessions.